Hey guys, before we start, I wanted to talk a little bit about my vitro. It probably sounds familiar as I've talked about it on this podcast before, as well as had Danielle Hall on an episode herself. Danielle has had three miscarriages and two rounds of IVF, and she started my vitro to help other women struggling with infertility. So she was frustrated with the options available to store her expensive fertility medications. So she created the fertility caddy to organize all the needles vials, injectable pens, and supplies that are necessary for treatment cycles. So feel prepared and get ready to take control when that giant box of drugs shows up on your doorstep. And with the code LAM, L-A-M, you can get a free injection trainer with your purchase. So let's get into today's episode. What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Hope Nemec on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Hope, I am just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. All righty. So me and my husband, um, we got married in 2019, um, in the summer of 2019. And from there, we kind of just wanted a full year to just be ourselves and just go through life and travel and do the types of things that newlyweds get to do. So um, when it hit that one year mark, we decided that we wanted to try and start to get pregnant. Um, Family members of us had just had a baby in May. So we were like, it'll be perfect timing. We want cousins close together. Um, It did take us about five cycles to get pregnant. Um, That fifth cycle, I actually was like, you know what, like it's taking a little bit. I'm just going to test for ovulation, track it, and just see if that helps at all. So my husband's a firefighter, and the weekend that my ovulation was positive, he was working, but that when he came home, we, I was, I had ovulated that day, which was October 5th, um, and then we were supposed to, I was supposed to start my period on October 15th. Which, so my sister passed away my senior year of high school and her birthday was October 5th and then her six year passing mark was October 15th that year. And so I was like super nervous and excited. I was like, okay, this just seems too crazy to be that, like, I feel like I'm going to be pregnant. Like that just has like so much meaning right there. Well, so on October 15th, I took the pregnancy test and it was positive. My husband, he's also a sales rep, so he was out of town and I can't hold secrets or hold anything in. So I called him and I just was like, guess what? We're pregnant. So exciting. Um, We decided that was a Friday. We were going to tell family that weekend just because we felt for us that we wanted all the prayers we could get for a healthy pregnancy and we just wanted others to celebrate with us we wanted to be excited about it and if something were to happen we wanted others to be able to grieve with us and understand that 
their excitement and now they also lost a grandbaby or a niece or a nephew or cousin, things like that. So we really just decided like, we wanna be open with people and tell them we're pregnant. So that weekend, we first went and told my mom and she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she was like, please, please have a baby at my hospital. And so we decided that's where we go, but we went and told my husband's family and then my best friends that are like sisters to me. So we kind of just shared the news within that weekend and we were just only four weeks. So I had just found out, we shared the news. It was awesome. We scheduled an appointment with a brand new doctor um, at my mom's hospital. And the first appointment was at seven weeks. And my husband actually knew the doctor because they, um, she was a bit older than him, but they went to the same high school together and now she's back in my mom's hospital. So it just felt right to us. Um, we had our seven week appointment just with an MA. She kind of just went over, do you have any questions? Are you taking prenatals? Just the basics. We didn't see the doctor or anything. However, my mom does own an ultrasound machine, so we did get to go and try and see the baby um, at week seven. And I'm very thankful that we did because um, we were able to see the heartbeat through an abdominal ultrasound, and that was just so, so special to us. Um, and then after the seven-week appointment, we scheduled for two weeks after that for our nine-week appointment, which would be the first ultrasound. So, and that was, I believe, November 24th, um, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And we went in and we were kind of, when the doctor came in, she was so excited to see us. She kind of like caught up with my husband and just like they were talking and everything. Well, we started the ultrasound and that was a transvaginal ultrasound. Um, I couldn't see the screen that she was looking at. The doctor did our ultrasound. Um, however, my husband was kind of standing at the foot so he could see, and I just could tell the look on the doctor's face kind of immediately, like her whole demeanor just kind of shifted and dropped and just got a little bit more sad. And it was, I, so I was watching her where, and I kind of just had this like gut feeling like there was just something wrong, like she would have said like, oh, there it is, you know, like showing us different parts of the baby if there wasn't something wrong. So my husband was at the foot and like he said, he doesn't read ultrasounds or anything. So he was asking like, oh, are we looking like from the baby's feet up? And she was like, yeah, and like kind of just short with her answers, just you could tell that there was something wrong. And so that's when she kind of looked over at us and said, okay, so you guys, I'm so sorry. And I just broke down right then. Um, I knew that there was gonna be no heartbeat. And those were her next words is, I'm so sorry, there's no heartbeat. And so we both were just in tears. The doctor, she um, also goes to our same church. So that was just really special. Um, so we just kinda in like, took in that moment where we were really, we were really sad, crying a lot, and um, our doctor actually asked if she could pray for us, which was something that you don't get a lot with certain doctors or just when you're 
they don't know you, they wouldn't ask for that. So I'm very thankful that that's who we had in this situation. Um, and so we ended up going out to the car, just checking out, like, I just wanted to get out of there at that point. We were surrounded by pregnant moms and pregnant teenagers and pregnant, you know, just everybody in the office was pregnant at that time, it seemed like. Um, and so I felt just so angry, just like, why does this happen to us? Like, there's so many things that we've done, quote unquote, the right way. Like, so we got out in the car and I called my mom just to let her know, like, I was uh, bawling my eyes out, um, but I was like, hey, like, the, there's no heartbeat. I don't know very much information. I don't want to talk about it right now. I just want to let you know. Can you please tell family? Because I have two brothers and then a ton of step-siblings. And then I called my stepmom to ask her if she could tell my step-siblings. My husband called his parents. And this was all what we, we hadn't even left the hospital or the doctors yet. We were just in the car. Um, I called my best friend or both of them and I just was like and it was actually one of my best friend's birthdays and we were supposed to get dinner that night so I was just like I can't do this tonight I'm so sorry well we had to go at one o'clock that afternoon to another ultrasound appointment to get it approved basically that there was no heartbeat um so we spent a little time at home just crying basically <laughs> um we went to the second ultrasound and when we were checking in, you could obviously tell we had been sobbing. We did have masks on because of coronavirus, but we didn't have like glasses or hats. We, we had obviously been crying all day. Um, and so we were walking away after we checked in and the, the receptionist actually, she like, she's like, oh, and congratulations you guys. And I was just like, I just wanted to like drop to the ground. like oh my gosh, why would she congratulate us right now? Like, why did she even have to say anything? I was doing well. I had held my, cut, like, got myself together, ready to walk in, wait in a waiting room with random people. Um, and so that just broke me right there. We had the second ultrasound and it was confirmed. There was no heartbeat. Um, our baby was measuring about a week less than what we should have been. We should have been nine weeks and the baby was measuring at eight weeks. Um, however, this ultrasound tech, she did get a really good photo of her baby that she was like, I can give this to you guys if you want it, which I, we did take, cause that's just like something we can hold special now. Like we do have a good photo of our baby. Um, however, I was never, I was never bleeding. I was never cramping. There was no signs of miscarriage whatsoever. Um, so that was really weird because then that afternoon, the doctor called us like, hey, we got the results. And we had known because the ultrasound tech told us, she's like, yeah, this, it's confirmed. There's, there's no heartbeat. But so the doctor called us like, it, we got the test results. There is no heartbeat. I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, and I, at that point, I just kind of wanted to be like, okay, what's next then? Like, where do we go from here? What's next? And so she said, basically, you have three options. You can wait it out. However, you've already, basically, your body's been miscarrying for a week already. Like, there's been no heartbeat. Your baby has been 
passed away for a week. Um, so I don't know how long it could take. The second option is a pill that we can give you that'll just start everything on its cycle and everything. And so the third option is the DNC. And I just, my family, I've had family members have miscarriages before. And so one who had the pill and they just, it was just kind of traumatic, just like a lot of blood. It was a lot for it, it was so painful. And just our belief system is with that pill, there's different things that it's used for. And not that that's what we were using it for, but there's different things it's used for that we didn't feel comfortable supporting even the purchase of the pill. And so we just were like, you know what? We don't think my body's gonna understand that it's miscarrying. I still had pregnancy symptoms. My breasts were still sore. I was still exhausted all the time. All the symptoms I had the whole pregnancy continued. So I was like, I think the DNC is the right choice for us. I also have a very low pain tolerance. So, and I had, I was, I'm finishing my last year of school and I was just like, you know what? I don't think I have the time to go through the pain and the bleeding and all of that. I can't take any more time off. So that was, we decided that the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and they didn't have their next appointment available for us to get our DNC until the Thursday, so a week from the day of Thanksgiving, the Thursday after, December 4th. And so that was, I think, one of the hardest transition times for us because that whole time we were pregnant but knew that we couldn't carry out our pregnancy. There was no cramping the whole time, no bleeding. Basically, my body just didn't understand that I was miscarrying. So we scheduled for the DNC and they basically said like, hey, this is a white ways out. So there's still a possibility that it, your body could just start on its own. Um, Thanksgiving was so hard for us because like I said, we do have siblings who have little ones and we love them so much, but it is just so hard. Like while you are I, pregnant, but your baby isn't alive that you have to see the inner the relationships that they have with their babies and their kids and it's just we're so thankful that we have those nieces and nephews but it was definitely a very hard time for us because we didn't we didn't get our baby that um so thanksgiving was really hard we had the next week i worked i was finishing up school um because it was like finals week and then we went in for the DNC um, on December 4th and we had to get there around 11 o'clock. We couldn't eat or drink anything for that day or I couldn't eat or drink anything that day. Um, so we got to the hospital, we checked in. We had a pastor come pray over us because I had never had any surgeries and it was also, we just wanted them to pray over our baby and pray over me since I had never had any anesthesia or anything like that, just to make sure everything went smoothly, pray for our doctor that she is gentle and careful and she is hands down the most amazing doctor. I couldn't have asked for better. She came in, she was talking with us, chatting with us, asking if we were okay, if we had any questions, um, basically telling us the whole the whole, everything that's going to happen. She tells us like how she 
is so gentle because she doesn't want to create any scarring and everything. And I really um, didn't have any bleeding after the DNC. I, for the first few days, there was nothing. I was expecting to be bleeding like a period or having some sort of spotting. It wasn't until about a week after that I just had some very light spotting. Um, and then a week after that, I went in and had to get my HCG levels tested and they were at just 38. And so they said like, okay, they're going down. They're at a low enough number where we feel comfortable. We're not gonna test your HCG anymore. Um, so you are good to go. And as soon as you guys have a cycle, you're good to try again, if that's what you wanna do. And it just, as hard as the experience was, it was the best that we could have imagined for ourselves. Um, and we're very thankful that we did tell friends and family because during those two weeks of being pregnant, going through surgery, recovering, we had family and friends dropping off dinners, dropping off flowers, dropping, being so supportive and grieving with us as, as they would if it was the death of a four-year-old or a 20, you know, like a death of like any child. And I think that was really helpful because that's what you need in that time of grieving. You need others to grieve with you and understand like you're losing your child regardless how far along you are or anything. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a hard experience, but we're very thankful um, for our community and for our doctor. And I'm, yeah, so that's kind of my story um, in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing. So where are you guys kind of at right now? So we just, on January 1st is when I had my first cycle. Um, and I had originally planned to check ovulation right away. However, it was, I think it was, it, it's, I have more grieving to do. Um, we are trying, but not tracking or doing anything that we're just kind of praying and getting ourselves right. Um, the, I think the hardest part for me is having lost my sister and having, I've gone through a lot of like loss and death in my life so there's a lot of um anger I guess with my relationship with Christ um so I just have to I that's kind of my focus is like I need to get myself where I want to be religiously and with Christ and everything like that before I can feel like I can be the best mother and focus on tracking and things like that so we are we are trying but more loosely than we were in the past because we also are scared <laughs> um of what could happen um my mom had two miscarriages my sister or my brothers had like there's miscarriages in our family so it just definitely is um definitely scary to go on that journey to try again. And so I think that we're just kind of taking it slowly. 
before we jump. Yeah, that makes sense. I went like boom, 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 boom. And like, I don't know what's right and what's wrong in that yeah. sense. You know, it's really, it's really difficult. I think it's, it's different for every person too. Um, but I'm so proud of you for jumping on, sharing your story. It's going to help so many people. And I always like to ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? That's, uh, I, you know, tough question. I know. <laughs> it is a tough question. Um, I feel like there's so much that I've learned from this. Um, one thing that really helped me is I was so open. I actually shared my story on my Instagram as well, just because I felt like that would help me. So I think do what your grieving needs. Um, let yourself grieve, let yourself feel those things and just do what you think is right. Like share your story. I'm reading a book about miscarriage, learn more and do what you think is right to help yourself. Because if you can't help yourself, then you won't be able to be the person that you need to be for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. What book are you reading? Oh, um, one moment I will grab it and double okay. check. Okay. Alrighty, so it is called Grace Like Scarlet, Grieving with Hope After Miscarriage and Loss. Oh, I've never heard that one. It is, um, she's religious, so it is for more the Christian viewers or, mm -hmm. or anybody who would like to read it. Um, she goes through, she has had three miscarriages, and she goes through all of the different things that she goes, that sh her different stories, because each of her miscarriages is so different. Mm -hmm. um she invites you to journal and do things that she did within the book which is super cool there's a part at each chapter or section that just says like write a letter to yourself or write down like try and remember everything that happened that day or that week or and it's it's definitely been hard to read at times and we're just in tears because it brings back memories or it brings things up that you kind of forgot about or that's kind of what therapy is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's great. I definitely recommend it. My mom actually got it for me. Um, but yeah, it's by Adriel Booker, I believe. Okay. So. Okay. Awesome. Now, a random question. Does your name have anything to do with like your mom's miscarriages or what's, what's the meaning behind your name, Hope? Yes, it does. So my mom had... Me and my siblings are kind of far apart. My sister who passed away was 11 years older than me. Then she had my brother. He's nine years older than me. They were about 18 months apart. Um, then she had a miscarriage between my brother and then she had my other brother um, who's six years older than me. After my brother, she had a miscarriage. Um, and so when they were pregnant with me, they, everybody's always like, oh, you were like the oopsie baby. Cause I'm so much younger than I'm six years younger than my closest sibling. And they're like, oh, you were the oopsie baby. And I'm like, actually I was the only planned baby. Um, because they just, they were hoping and praying for me. And oh, that's so cool. So they had a boy name and a girl name and 
um, the boy name had nothing to do with it, but the girl name they just felt was spoke to them and they prayed a lot about it and we're just hoping and praying. Um, so I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that it's super cool. And then for me during this time of like praying and going through this trial, the name Faith, which had never been on our radar, we had a list of names and not that I didn't like the name Faith before, but I was like, I don't want to be Hope and have a daughter named Faith. But <laughs> through this, um, the name Faith has been spoken to me a lot. And I just feel like Christ has been like, I'm going to grant you a child and I want you to name it Faith. And so that's kind of like on our radar now of like, okay, that's, it's just one of those things where when we pray about it, um, we feel like we found answers within this trial. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if somebody wants to reach out to you, Hope, where could they do so? I'm on Instagram um, or Facebook. Okay. Are you in the Life After Miscarriage group? I'm not. Okay. I was going to say that's like an easy way for people to find you on Facebook if you're in that group. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah. just add yourself and I'll accept it. And then um, that would be an easy way for people to just type your name in within the group and then they can find you. But I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode so that people can just click on it and um, reach out to you if they'd like to. Awesome. And it might be private. I'm not sure at this point, but if it is, just add me I'm, and I'll add you right back. I'm sure. Perfect. And you can always send DMs too. Um, I don't know if everybody knows that, but even if an account is private, I think you can send a DM still and at least message. Oh, um, awesome. So that's always nice too. Cause I know there's a lot of people who share their story who have private accounts. So that's one way to kind of just get in contact with them still. So thank you so much, Hope. I appreciate it. And I just thank you for your vulnerability. Absolutely. Thank you for everything that you do and having this podcast for, for mothers, fathers, and families. Of course. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to share your life after miscarriage story, go to ShellyMetling.com. Click on the life after miscarriage tab and add yourself right to the recording schedule. And I can't wait to chat with you soon. Next one.